One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 176. This week is the three-year anniversary of Making Good. Hosting this podcast has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. Truly, that is not an exaggeration. And to me, it has really shown the magic that comes from consistently creating valuable content over time, and specifically long-form content. So in celebration of three years of making good, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to cover what is long form content, why long form content matters, how to choose the right format of long form content for you, creating a long form content plan, and how to create each individual piece of high quality long form content. Also, this episode, the three-year anniversary of Making Good, is the perfect episode to kick off a new segment that we're going to be doing on Making Good. As you know, at the heart of this podcast is you, the small business owner. One of my favorite parts of my work is the chance to get to know you and connect with small business owners like you. And so I'm going to be spotlighting one of you each and every episode moving forward. This new segment is called the Small Biz Spotlight, and it's a short and sweet interview with a small business owner like you going to be aired at the end of each episode, and you'll have the chance to get to know a small business owner, learn about their business, learn their tips and tricks and advice for other small business owners and more. So stay tuned for the first one of those after the main chunk of today's episode. Let's get right into our conversation about long form content. On May 19th, 2020, I released the first few episodes of Making Good. We were a couple of months into the pandemic and I needed something to be excited about. I was the proud new owner of a retail business and I had been the owner for about three months before the pandemic hit. Things felt really hard, but I knew I loved small business. I had seen firsthand the impact that small businesses could make on people in the world and I knew marketing. So even though I was terrified, even though I cringed at the sound of my own voice as I edited those first episodes, and even though I wasn't sure where any of it would lead, I went for it. And I can't tell you how glad I am that I did. As I mentioned up front, this podcast has led to so many of my favorite things in life. I've taught myself how to be consistent. I have so many new friends and connections. I've learned a ton throughout the process of creating this podcast and from the incredible guests that I've interviewed. And this podcast has led to a whole new business and a new revenue stream for me, my membership program, Making Good Happen. So podcasting is a type of long form content, and my experience has made me such a believer in the power and magic of long form content. So that's what I want to share with you today. Let's start by getting on the same page. What is long form content? 
So long-form content refers to content, both written and otherwise, that is generally over about a thousand words. Long-form content comes in quite a few different formats, but commonly long-form content can be a blog, a podcast, a video, a report, an ebook, a guide, a workshop, a webinar, etc. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on the types of long-form content that we release consistently over time. Most folks choose one of the following three options, blogs, podcasts, or YouTube. In long-form content, our goal is to provide a detailed, comprehensive solution to a question or problem that our ideal customer has. Long-form content should generally provide a lot of value for free. There's no selling in long-form content. In contrast with a social media post, for example, there's generally not a lot of selling in long-form content. In contrast with a social media post, for example, where we might offer some value, but we can't really solve the whole problem, given the limited constraints of social media, the idea with long-form content is that this piece of content is a one-stop shop solution, that if they come to this piece of content with a challenge or a question, that all they need to do is read or listen to or watch our content to have what they need. A great piece of long-form content should make our ideal customer feel seen, like you have exactly the solution that they were looking for. So this probably sounds like a lot of work, and it actually is a lot of work. Why is this something worth spending our time and effort on? Why should we choose to do long-form content? Well, I have a bunch of reasons for you. So number one, long-form content provides value. Long-form content gives your customer what they need and what they want. This is worth doing in and of itself, but oftentimes your long-form content will answer questions or address objections that helps move your ideal customer toward purchasing. Long-form content also builds authority and trust. This type of super valuable content positions you and your brand as a leader. It really helps you become the go-to in the mind of your customers and helps your customer really trust that you have something to offer. Number three. Long-form content is great for SEO and discoverability. This kind of content is what gets found by your ideal customer when they're searching for a solution to their problems or answers to their questions. It has a much, much longer lifespan than social media content or even email content. And you know, I love emails because of this discoverability. With long-form written content, people will spend more time on your website, which is great for SEO, and better SEO performance means more website traffic. And even formats like podcasting and YouTube benefit from search. I personally can't tell you how many people have told me that they found my podcast by just searching for small business or marketing in Spotify podcasts or Apple podcasts. Number four, long-form content can help us grow our email list. We can use our long-form content to help grow our email list, which is a very, very powerful asset to your business. When people come across your content, you can use a call to action to have them sign up for the email list for more. Number five, long-form content makes us stand out. Not many people are willing to put in the effort to create truly valuable content. You will stand out if you do. And standing out is what marketing is all about. And finally, number six, long-form content can be repurposed. You can use your long-form content as the basis of a lot of other pieces of smaller content. You can chop it up into bits and pieces and share it across any other platforms that you use. So if I've convinced you that long-form content is worth doing and you think that you can make some time for it in your marketing each week, the next step is going to be to choose a format for long-form content, blog or podcast or YouTube. There are a few things to think about here when you're making this decision. Number one, you want to think about what you sell. Does your content lend itself more naturally to one type of content or another? For example, if you sell products, your content might lend itself most naturally to a visual platform like blogging, where you can market with your photos or even YouTube. 
The second thing you want to think about would be your ideal customer. What is their life like and what kind of content do they consume? Are they listening to podcasts on their commute? Are they scrolling Pinterest for home decor ideas, which often links to blog posts? Do they go down YouTube rabbit holes? We absolutely want to consider our ideal customer and their behavior when making this decision. Finally, the last and in my opinion, the most important element to think about when you're making this decision is going to be what format will come most naturally to you. What do you enjoy? Talking, creating videos, writing, whichever feels easiest and or most exciting and fun to you is important. Ultimately, the platform we choose only matters if we're going to actually create content there consistently. So we want to make sure that we're choosing a format where we're actually going to be able to show up day in and day out. And most likely that's going to mean doing it in a way that feels easy, natural, and or fun and exciting. Blogs are generally going to be best for folks who enjoy writing, who may not have a great quiet place to record, who want an easy entry point when it comes to tech and have and knows that their audience reads blogs at least sometimes. Blogs are also great for people with visual products. Podcasting is going to be best for people who like to speak, who are comfortable learning how to edit audio or who have the budget to outsource, who want a slightly more personal connection, the voice, and who have an ideal customer who listens to podcasts. And video is good for people who are interested in getting in front of the camera and who are comfortable learning how to video edit and get the equipment to record video or who have the budget to outsource all of this. And of course, that they know their ideal customer uses YouTube. So now we know how to choose a platform for long form content. It's time to make a long form content plan. I'm a big fan of making sure that anything we do, we're doing with intention. And that is absolutely the case with long form content. If we're going to be pouring a lot of time and energy and effort into these pieces of content, we want to do it intentionally. So before you make your plan, you want to have thought through the answers to these three questions. Number one, what are your primary business goals right now? We want to make sure we're choosing content topics that support those goals. Number two, who is your ideal customer? We want to make sure that your content is serving that person. And number three, what is your available time for this? How much time per week can you devote to content creation? This will determine your schedule. So if you feel like you have solid answers to those three questions, what your primary business goals are, who your ideal customer is, and what your available time is, it is time to move on to making the plan. First, we're going to choose your platform. We just talked about how to make this decision in depth, but after you've chosen, you're going to need to make sure you have whatever materials you need to do so. This might involve equipment, tools, and software. It's going to require more if you choose something like YouTube and less if you choose something like blogging. Second, we're going to set your monthly content schedule. So how often are you going to release long-form content? Is a piece of long-form content going to come out each week, twice a week, twice a month? For extra credit and extra accountability, when you've decided your schedule, you want to choose consistent weekdays that these releases are going to happen and then tell people about it. I tell people all the time that my podcast comes out on Tuesdays, and as a result, I feel a lot of pressure to make sure it gets out on Tuesdays. Tell your audience, tell your family and your friends, create that gentle accountability pressure, and you'll be much more likely to follow through consistently. The third step here is to create some kind of document, and I just use Google Sheets to organize your content schedule. You're going to want to organize the name of each piece of content and when it's coming out, the status of it, and any other important details to help keep you organized. For example, my podcast episode planner, again, this is in Google Sheets, has the following columns. Episode number, publish date, episode title, type of episode. So for me, I do solo, book club, or guest interviews. 
status? Has it been published? Has it been recorded? Has it not been started? And I have a few other columns that are mostly relevant just to my podcast. Now that we have our plan, the final step of this puzzle is to create great content consistently. First and foremost, we want to make sure that we're actually creating content that our ideal customer wants. A great way to find this out is simply to pay attention. Pay attention to what your customer asks questions about, what their challenges are, what they want to learn, what content you've shared that they've demonstrated they're already interested in. You can also ask them directly. What are they interested in? What do they want to learn? What questions do they have? Instagram polls and question stickers are a great place for this. After you know what your content is actually going to be about, step two is going to be to do keyword research to make sure you're creating content that people are searching for. This is going to help maximize the number of people who find your content. Some great tools for this are simply to use Google search and Pinterest search. You can use the search bar to start typing in things and see what gets auto-populated. You can also use tools like Ubersuggest or Answer the Public. Now that we're digging into creating a piece of content, it's time to give it an outline. I often do this by brainstorming everything I might possibly want to include. Then I'll start to organize it into sections. Finally, I put it into a logical order. The next step is to write the first draft. And my number one tip here is to keep it conversational. It should still sound like you. Would you pick up the phone and speak this way to a friend? Yes. Good. If not, it's time for some edits. This is the first draft, so know that there's no perfectionism allowed. Just get it all out on paper and we can edit later. Messy is fine. Now it's time to write your headline. So your headline is going to be your blog post title or the name of your podcast episode or YouTube video. This is so, so, so important and should not be an afterthought. This is one of the main factors that determines whether or not people will actually choose to consume your content. So all that time you're spending creating a piece of content doesn't matter if people don't choose to go open it. So this headline or this title is very, very important. Some broad tips for titles. Listicles tend to work why you should do XYZ format kind of work, why you should format works and how to slash tutorial style headlines generally work well. And you can use a headline analyzer to evaluate how likely your headline is to perform well. I will link to one you can use in the show notes for free. So the next step is to add some visuals. This is going to be especially important for blog posts and YouTube videos, and this helps to break up text or video with variety. The next step after that is to edit. So after we've taken some time and space for it, it's time to go back to our draft and edit. And importantly, we want to remove anything that doesn't need to be there. No fluff allowed in long form content. We want to hold people's attention consistently throughout. Make sure there's no jargon and that it's all understandable from a beginner's perspective. The next step is to make sure that it's optimized for SEO. So in a blog, this means inserting keywords throughout the text and in the headline, using alt text on images, compressing images. And for podcasting, for example, this will mean a headline and a podcast description that addresses keywords to users so that users can find those episodes through search. And if you also do a show notes page on your own separate website, making sure that that is SEO optimized as well. Now, I'm not a YouTube expert, but I do know that optimizing for search on YouTube is critical, making sure that when someone searches for what your video is about, that you give it the best possible chance of being found through YouTube search. So optimizing SEO for YouTube is super important. Finally, the next step is to publish the content. After that, we need to make sure to promote it, share about it high and low. The magic of long form content is that it's not a one hit wonder. You can talk about it right when it goes alive and then again in the future. 
be sure to promote it again and again and again. Finally, we want to repurpose our long-form content into other smaller pieces of content. Now that we've spent the time and energy creating this great, super high-value piece of content, we want to make sure to get the most mileage out of it. And one of the great ways to do that is to make it into other pieces of content, into social media posts, into emails, etc., and give it a second life that way. Okay, so there you have an intro guide to long-form content. I hope that I've convinced you of the magic of long-form content. This podcast in particular has been such a game changer for me, and I want the same for you. So if you liked this step-by-step approach, this episode is the cliff notes from a session that I did in Making Good Happen, my membership program, all about long-form content. So if you liked this, you might want to consider joining Making Good Happen at makinggoodhappen.co. There was a lot of good stuff in this episode, tools, ideas, and thoughts, and we will link to all of it in the show notes at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 176. So what are your thoughts about long form content? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you terrified of it? I would love to hear from you. DM me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. Okay, now, as I promised, it's time for our first ever small biz spotlight. And this time it's with branding designer Zusa Hicks of Nicely Made. Zuza is amazing. She's a member of my membership program, Making Good Happen, and I've even had the chance to work with her and benefit from her design genius. I love what she shared in this conversation, and I think you'll love getting to learn from her and getting to know her. Zuza, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to have you. This is actually the first interview I'm doing as part of the Small Business Spotlight segment, so I'm thrilled that it's you. I adore you. Um, I have so many questions for you, but let's start with just, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners? They may have already heard you on the podcast, but if they haven't, um, what is your business and what kind of work do you do? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm very excited to be the first one. (laughs) I feel special. You Um, are. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So my name is Zuza Hicks and I am the owner and the head designer of Nicely Made. And I am a branding and packaging design studio based in California. And I work with small businesses on their branding or uh, their identity and their packaging. Yes. And I am actually working with Zuza right now and I'm super excited about it. She's super yeah. talented. Um, how did you start your business? I, don't, I actually don't know if I even know this story. Ah, well, I mean, of course it was the perfect timing, uh, which is the pandemic. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people made um, interesting decisions at that time. Uh, I started, I've actually been freelancing for a very long time. So I've always been freelancing on the side and I had regular daytime jobs and then I would do projects on the side. And that's actually how uh, having my own studio started. I continue to work with clients that I've had been working with for a very long time. And it started growing. And then I decided, hey, why don't I try to do this full time? And it's interesting because I realized that in every job that I had, I was always thinking, I was scheming. I was like, I'm going to do this. And for my own business, I'm going to do that. I'm going to strategize by doing this. And I'm going to reach out to these people. I've always had like a vision. I always felt like I have to be somewhere else. And when I started working for myself, I felt like I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm here. This is it. This is my dream. It's happening. It's becoming a reality. And I, I, I have to do it all. I have, I have to give it all I have to try to make it work. Um, and I really enjoy working with clients. 
I love yeah. it. I feel disconnected if I don't work with the clients directly. Uh, and I've actually noticed I have a really hard time going through someone. Um, mm-hmm. Like if there's a project manager, but I don't have access to the client, I'm like, I, it's not for me. I just, I can't do it. It's because I think about you when I'm designing for you. I think about you. I think about, you know, the people that I'm designing for and how they're going to use it. And and I'm thinking about, you know, what kind of issues they might run into. And, and there's a whole level of energy that comes with just working with people directly. And I love that part. Mm, I love that. But I, you may have answered my next question, but tell me <laughs> if you have a different answer, which is what is your favorite thing to do in your business? <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So it's funny because so many people start their own business because they want to do the craft, the thing, um, whatever that thing is. Um, but then with running your own business comes so many other different responsibilities that you have to take care of that you might not love. Um, and I definitely love the thing. I love the craft. So I love design and I love people, love working with people directly. Um, and that's definitely my favorite thing. I, there's a, there's such an energy boost that I get from showing people designs and how they become tangible and see them like fire up. They're just like, Oh my gosh, this is what my identity is going to look like. This is what my packaging is going to look like. And, um, and it's taking a vision that they have in their head and making it a tangible thing. I love that part. That's something I love so much about work. Like what you do is when you're creating these like amazing brand assets for someone like, like packaging and all the design, I can only imagine how much confidence it gives them to like take that and then go on in their business and be able to like, you know, have that stand behind them. Um, I feel like that's such a gift that designers, especially very talented ones like yourself. Oh my God, stop it. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, but I'm sorry. I just want to real quick. Um, That confidence boost is super important, but it's also a matter of like existing and non-existing. Sometimes if you don't have a particular project that's done, you know, design-wise, it's a matter of showing up or not showing up. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. So yes, that confidence comes with that too. Uh, But just wanted to say that. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. Being more willing to be seen when you're proud of your your background and the look and the feel and everything. Um, Tell us a best-selling product or service or one that you think that my listeners would be interested in. Ha What a, a funny coincidence <laughs> that you're asking that question. So it's interesting because until this point, I have been focusing on bigger projects, bigger branding, brand identity projects, and they are, um, they're an investment. Uh, they're definitely on the, uh, heavier investment side and they take a while. Uh, they're strategic, they're holistic. They're great for companies and small businesses that want to either rebrand what they already have in terms of identity or create something from scratch, but something that's very robust. Um, but I started focusing on a different service called the design day. Um, and it has been resonating with a lot of people. So for several reasons, first of all, the price point it's, is lower. Um, it is, uh, it's an investment of basically working with me for one day. Um, and I think it resonates with people because it's very tangible. 
we have a list of things that we can knock out. They come to me with a specific need. They say, hey, Jesus, I have a brand already, but I want these things. I need them to propel my business and, you know, focus on other things for growing my brand. Uh, and I do it for them with them in a day. Um, so I'm very excited to also be working with you on our yeah. design days. Yay! <laughs> I can't wait. So by the time you hear this, they'll be out there, but Zeus is helping me design. Um, she's designing for me new graphics for making good happen launch. So it's going to be, I'm excited to see them. Um, what one piece of advice would you share with other small business owners? Oh my gosh. There are so many, um, make relationships, create strong relationships with people and, authentic relationships. And I know everyone talks about authenticity and like being vulnerable and being real. And I'm not saying, you know, share your whole story with everyone, but it's, there's something to be said about people that you sincerely enjoy being around. And I'm not saying that from perspective of selling to, but just being Mm -hmm. around peer to peer. We, it's shocking how many of the same issues we have while running a business. Even though we're in different industries and we do different things, there are so many issues that are so relatable to people. So it's just, it's it, it gets lonely. That's true. We don't walk into an office every day and can chit chat with our friends and colleagues. Um, it's super valuable to just be able to say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. Even mm-hmm. if you're not even looking for advice, someone might say, hey, I've, I've been through the same thing. This is normal. <laughs> You're fine. You're going to be okay. Uh, we're going to be fine. So those relationships are everything. Yeah. I love that you said that. It's so important to find community when, like you say, we don't go into the office. We don't have like coworkers in the traditional sense. And mm-hmm. I think when I left my career in like corporate America, I underestimated how much those relationships like add to your day with your you know with the people you see and talk to every day so i could not agree more finding people to go on this small business journey with is so important yep absolutely um so you are a member of making good happen i would love to ask you why you joined making good happen uh-huh. yes i am a member of making good happen um and it's funny because I, I don't ask me how I even ran into you. I did the workshop when you explained marketing and it was very human. Um, it was very human. It wasn't salesy. It was informative. And I really liked that you approached it from a perspective of like, okay, you really need to think about what's actually doable for you. Because mm-hmm. we come up with all these plans and like, I'm going to post three times a week and I'm going to do this and I'm going to pitch a podcast and write a blog. And we have this huge list and then we burn out and then we're struggling thinking we're doing something wrong. Um, but the reality of it is we don't really think about how much time we actually have that we can mm-hmm. invest in this so that it's sustainable. Um, so I really appreciated that. And um, I have been experimenting with different groups. Some of them were okay. Some of them were terrible. (laughs) It's true. Um, I actually have paid a lot of money for memberships that have not helped me with anything. And I will never get that money back. (laughs) 
our time, mm-hmm. you know, the, having a business is trial and error. But the reason I'm saying this is because I, that's why I appreciate what you do and how you do it. You have a community of people who are really tight. Um, it's a particular type of a person. Those are warm, giving, open, friendly people. Um, mm. And that's why, even though there's n- not many people who do what I do, that's why I appreciate them because it's safe. It's safe to ask mm-hmm. questions. Like, again, we hit the same walls. We come to, across the same problems. Um, and also, you know, even if it's mindset, but, and I do miss posting photos of my dog, like on a Slack channel, like who am I going to do that with? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the component of education. You're doing clinics, you're doing workshops, you're doing, you know, you're teaching us how to do things. I never thought about a, having a plan for launching something. I was like, yeah, I just post about it. (laughs) There's a better way to do it, apparently. So I appreciate that you walked us through, you know, a strategy on how to do that. Um, And then another thing is it's actually the uh, office hours are super valuable to me personally. I don't know how many people uh, use them, but I use that all the time. I'm like, hey, Lauren, it's me again. I have this problem. Yeah, (laughs) so fun. (laughs) <laughs> well, but the last thing I want to say about that is that it, I can now look back and see that because of your encouragement and your personality, I have accomplished a lot of things that I was struggling with before. And it's true. I would not mm-hmm. have launched my website. If you're like, I will sit there with you and I'll, we'll do these things together. <laughs> and we did. We launched. Um, I would n- never do a podcast Cause I would get in my head and I would think about, you know, maybe I don't have anything important to say and all those things that you keep telling yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the design days that, so that's something that came out of our conversation. So thanks Lauren. <laughs> I'm thank you for everything you said. And I think my favorite thing was your description of the, the, the people like you said, it's a specific type of person who's in the group. And I was like, Oh, what's she going to say? Cause I'm not sure. I had thought about it that way because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, different industries, different types of of businesses. But you said it so perfectly, like it's the type of person that finds their way to the group that is like Mm -hmm. warm, open hearted, friendly, generous. Like I loved that description. I can't wait to listen back to this (laughs) and like and hear how you said it because it was so perfect. So. Thank you. Well, it's true. And there's trivia. I mean, come on. Um, (laughs) See, but those are the like Zoom uh, meetings for like team building that you actually want to like show up to. Um, And I also, I'm the kind of a person that I think I really am quietly rebellious deep down inside. And whenever someone tells me to do something and I have to do it, it it's mandatory. I will not do it. Um, But because everything is kind of like you, you give what you can. Mm-hmm. when you can how you can um it's very yeah. encouraging to me so i love the people hmm. i love that you're a member thank you <laughs> thank you um so who would you recommend so let's say we have a bunch of people listening who are like hmm, maybe it's a fit for me maybe it isn't who would you recommend to consider joining making good happen everyone um <laughs> <laughs> Um, small business owners, uh, creatives. There's also a lot of creativity flowing through, uh, within everyone. 
in the group. And I see that, which is awesome. Um, people who are ready to build a community and people who are willing to learn. Because again, it's a journey and we're all in this together. No one has everything figured out. And I also really like that we can just show up and say, you know what? I did this thing and it sucked. Mm-hmm. I did this thing and it failed. Um, and then everyone's like, it's okay. Don't worry about this. You know, there are some things you can pull from it as, as a lesson and mm-hmm. do things differently next time. And I really, really, really enjoy that. Hmm. Zuza, this has been so fun. I want you to tell everyone, well, first of all, I'll say I interviewed you for the podcast for a regular conversation about branding, and it is fantastic. Our producer, Corinne, said it's one of her favorite episodes. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes um, of this episode so that you can go check that out as well. But I'd love for you to tell people where they can connect with you and chat with you and um, anything you want to say before we wrap up. Yes. Um, thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love talking to you. You make it easy. You make it a breeze. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, <laughs> like with me, um, my, uh, handle is nicely made studio. Um, my website is nicely made dot studio. Um, and again, my name is Zuza Hicks. You can find me there too. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I am on Instagram. I am not on Facebook and that is very purposeful. Um, <laughs> fair <laughs> just enough. Saying, fair enough. Um, what was the other part of your question? Any final thoughts? Keep working on your dreams. It's hard. The past few months, I feel like have been really difficult for everyone um, for many reasons. And it's interesting because I had this thought the other day when something's not working, it's not necessarily a message for you to stop doing it. Maybe you need to do the same thing, but in a different way. Hmm. And that's where my pivot in services is coming from. And now the universe is saying you're on the right track things are working out. So, um, so if you've been struggling with, you know, finding good people, you might have just found them. Yay. Thank you so much, Zuza. This has been so fun. Thanks so much, Lauren. Isn't Zuza fantastic? Definitely go connect with her and cheer her on. I know she would love to connect with you. All of her details can be found in the show notes, which you can find at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 176. Thank you again for being here for three years of making good. I am so grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to have your support. Here are three ways that you can give back to making good. Number one, I'd be honored for you to leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. Number two, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, you can send them the link. This episode is at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 176. And finally, take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden. I would love to cheer you on. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.